Welcome to Cutting Through, the No BS Pro AV podcast hosted by CEO and thought leader, Paul the Honey Badger Harris. Tune in as we unpack and discover the truths and lies surrounding Pro AV. Welcome to this episode of Cutting Through, an Aurora Multimedia podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and today we're discussing the advantages of AV over IP with three market thought leaders. First, I'd like to welcome Paul Harris for transceiver manufacturer Aurora. Paul, welcome to the show. Hi, good to see you. Next, we welcome John Hankel with network switch manufacturer Netgear. John, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hey, Shelby, thanks so much. Great to be here. Thanks. And last but not least, I introduce Laurent Masia with Netgear. Laurent, welcome. Shelby, thank you. And thank you, Paul, for having Netgear. So let's open the discussion by getting down to the basics of AV over IP. So Paul, as CEO of Aurora Multimedia, you've seen this signal transmission technology come to fruition. Uh, So how did Aurora become a part of the first innovations together with Netgear? Well, it was a few years ago uh, when it came to Netgear, a lot of it happened to do with the SDVOE technology, which is a 10 gig AV over IP. And uh, aside from the fact that we're both uh, members of the SDVOE Alliance, part of it actually came back to when we were doing 10 gig PoE, which at the time this goes down to being the chicken and the egg. So who does it first, the device that receives the power or the device that gives the power? And probably about almost six years ago, we became the first and only device in the world to receive the power. And there were not quite too many uh, switch companies that delivered the power. So that's where the relationship came is uh, just as much as we needed a switch to test with, they needed a device to prove that their circuitry worked as well. So that was the beginning of a a really nice relationship was actually over 10 gig uh, with PoE. So, uh John, let me ask you. So, how did Netgear, who's you know known for network switches that are, are really kind of industry agnostic, um, advance this technology that caters specifically to the AV channel or market? Great question. And really, Laurent has been there longer than I have, and really, I call him the father of the AV over IP and Netgear. But he found people like Paul who knew that this technology, and specifically early on, it was SDVOE, as he mentioned, uh, really was had some true benefits to the industry as people were moving away from traditional HD-based T and other copper-based infrastructures to over IP, we saw the market and people like Paul were starting to use our switches and go, these are really cool. They're really high performing. They do a great job. They're expandable, blah, 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 all those great things. And started saying, let's use those together and let's make this work for our customers. And actually, let me ask you, Laurent, is there anything that you would add to that? Oh yeah, I have a story actually, because you know, when Paul said that Aurora Multimedia was the first AV manufacturer using the 10 gig SDVOE, you know, uh, high quality zero latency technology with PoE. He was the one, the only one. And Netgear was not the only one uh, first manufacturer doing 10 gig and PoE. And I almost had a heart attack at this ISC in 2017 when the first time Paul was under the the, the, you know, the lights with another brand of uh, Chinese switches with the, the world first PUE 
10 gigabit Ethernet technology. So I will remember that day all my life. And uh, well, after this uh, uh, initial uh, introduction, I can tell you we worked very hard. And yes, we uh, ultimately came with PUE over 10 gigabit Ethernet with multiple switches. And uh, since then, I believe we power uh, the 10 gig uh, Aurora uh, devices and points very well. But uh, that was a, a great story because usually we are first in this AV over IP world, but Netgear was definitely not on that day. Right, Paul? Yeah, but I, I will say this, and I'm going to point out, uh, one of the things that I, I will give Netgear a lot of credit for is uh, I, I've known Laurent now for a few years, and uh, they step up very fast. They have that uh, same Aurora attitude where when they want to do something, they really just get on top of it and they go from concept to full reality in a matter of months at sometimes, which is what we like to do. Uh, so they're very good at adapting quickly, which I personally like that because we're known as a company for that. But one of the things that we'll probably get into a deeper discussion where I thought that while they may not have been the first one to work with us for the POE for 10 gig, what they did really innovate was their layer two plus uh, auto stacking capabilities brilliant. I don't know why other people in the industry don't do it. And it's something we should definitely touch on more in this conversation. Um, but it is, uh, it is probably one of the best things I've ever seen, uh, going and uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll enlighten you more as this conversation goes on. But that, that was one of the things I can say on their behalf that plus Laurent's got a good accent. So, you know, that, that, that did it in too. He started talking to me with that accent. I was like, how, how am I going to refuse these guys? He's talking to me in a, in a foreign accent. I, I have to. <laughs> well, you know, let me put this uh, this question to any of you uh, three gentlemen. But you know, looking at the demands uh, for AV over IP, it's clearly you know it's it's become one of the fastest growing signal transmission technologies in the the audiovisual industry. So, thinking about examples uh, that you've personally seen, uh, and just in the way you work and live, um, how have you witnessed AV over IP replace the traditional technology? architecture of pro AV. Okay. So I'll, I'll go for this. So, uh, you know, there's been technologies like HD based T out there for a long time. That, that was probably one, it wasn't the first to do signal distribution before HD based T the industry was using regular uh, analog style balance to deliver a signal from point A to point B over cat cable. So for those who have been doing this for a long time, it, it's been around for quite some time signal distribution. But where, what AV over IP changed things is the fact that using a standard network switch and standard network cabling to deliver the signal, not just from point A to point B, but from point A to point B, C, D, E, F, and you can expand on that and you can matrix out a signal. And that was one of the, the biggest benefits is we used to do this with a proprietary matrix. Each company had their own matrix and they would come in different sizes. 4 by 4, 8 by 8, 8 by 16, 16 by 16, 32 by, you get the idea. And the larger the switch became, the more expensive it, it got. And not just by a little, a lot because of popularity. But when you do with network switching typologies like AV over IP, it can become as big as a network typology. So the cost of it goes down a lot. 
the flexibility goes up because of the expandability of it. And that was one of the huge benefits we saw when AV over IP came into fruition was its ability to expand. And one of the technologies that actually made that happen was IGMP uh, uh, group multicasting. That was probably the change in network typology that really made it possible to deliver the high quality signals throughout a network switch was IGMP, the famous acronym that most people don't realize was the probably the biggest reason why AV over IP exists today. The um, the the asynchronicity of that, where I used to work for some manufacturers who made matrix switchers, and like you said, it's always even ins and outs. But what if you want ten inputs and three outputs, or you want all of a sudden add a few more? Well, you got to trash the entire system or add a whole another card. You're limited by that chassis size. And that's it. And you have no limitations with AV over IP. In fact, one of our case studies, we talk about the American Dream Project. Paul, that was, and, and Laurent, both you guys are heavily involved in that. That's a massive project that could never have been done with HD-based T or HDMI or copper-based transmission. There's no way. So things like that open up brand new doors for people. And they're really seeing the benefits of all that. Yeah, and by, by the way, I just want to, not to step on you, Laurent, but speaking of the American Dream Project, what made that brilliant, especially when you're dealing with 10 gig technology, is we were delivering endpoints with not just the 10 gig video content, we were delivering the USB at the full 480 megabits per second bi-directional, uh, as far as the signal flows were going. We were delivering a, a 1 gig Ethernet also over the same pipeline out to these uh, local locations, all through one single cable going from all the different endpoints. So we weren't just delivering content, we were delivering the full experience uh, from one end to the other. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's absolutely right. So Paul, you uh, you you actually uh, uh, talked about the uh, flexibility and uh, and John, how, uh, you know, such a AV over IP network can expand because by nature, Ethernet is expandable. But let me add maybe a third little thing to the tremendous success of AV over IP. This is how it can streamline installations because all the applications are then software. So you have no limit anymore. Before with previous technologies, in order to do a video wall, you got to use additional hardware. In order to do picture in picture, you got to do, you got to use additional processors and the list was going on with KVMs and all that with SDVE and AV over IP in general, all these video walls, picture-in-picture uh, -picture operations, uh, scaling operations are happening directly built-in in technology because it's all about software. So this is by far much better than the old legacy uh, technologies. Well, so all of you have touched on, on this point then, um, but I guess, you know, for the... Um, for the beginning consumer, uh, Paul, let me ask you, why is AV over IP advantageous over traditional uh, HD base T? I mean, it seems like it's it's democratized uh, the, you know, the industry, right? Well, what, one of the popular phrases I like to say here is different applications, different expectations. So it depends really on the application. If you're doing a point-to-point, -point, HD base T is the most advantageous, especially with their latest generation product. I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, they can now deliver full uncompressed 4K 6444 video over a single cat link. But that's about as far as it gets you. Once you start expanding a system out and doing distribution, whether it's one-to-many, 
or multiple to a variety of many in a matrixing platform, that's where the cost just goes way down and the simplicity goes way up. And now you're, you're, you're in a situation where you could take, uh, sorry to say this next year, but any 10 gig switch and have a choice now. It's not once you go with this brand, you're stuck with this brand. You can actually mix different brands together. So yes, in theory, even our competitors can be mixed into the scheme of things. And plus you can share the technologies like Dante uh, or, um, or other type of uh, IP standards over the same network switch. So everything becomes maintenance. Even remote powering becomes easy because you can shut off power to a specific port, reset a system. So just the overall system reliability goes up, the remote support goes up, the capabilities as Laurent uh, brought up, we're doing windowing, video wall capabilities, seamless switching. These are things that to do on an HD-based system requires a lot of extra circuitry and a lot of extra cost. Uh, and then there's, the, the, once again, getting back to the simplicity, I could speak, this will be specific to Netgear, but I want to focus back on that layer two plus. When you start stack, doing what they call stacking of network switches, okay? First off, if you try to do that with an HD-based T technology, you can't do it. There is no stacking. So if you buy a 16 by 16 matrix, guess what? That's it. You're done. Game over. There, there is no going beyond that later on unless you rip out the whole switch and put something new in there. When you're dealing with network switches, they have what they call the uplink ports. And you link the switches and you move bandwidth up more units. And the other nice thing about network switches is they're not limited to this by this, this by this. Each port is bi-directional. So when we say it's a 10 gig port, it's 10 gig in the transmitting direction and 10 gig in the receiving direction. So it's going both directions. When you're dealing a regular matrix switch, like a 16 by 16, you have 16 transmits, 16 receives. In a network switch, if you have 32 ports, as an example, you have 32 that you can make a one by 31, you can make it a uh, 16 by 16, you can make it an eight by 24, you could do whatever you want with it. You can choose, or you could do both simultaneously over the same pipeline, which you can't even do with an HD-based T solution. So the flexibility really comes up. Now, getting back to the uplink, and I know this is a, a long response, but it, it really good ties in hand in hand. But normally when you start uplinking, many companies have to rely on layer three if they're trying to manage bandwidth, if you don't do what they call a non-blocking typology. So what happens is you have to do what they call layer three. Well, for those of you out there who are technical and have ever set up layer three, it's not easy. It's a pain in the neck. And somebody, when they were developing networks said, how can we make this more difficult? And they said, oh, let's create layer three. That'll make it more difficult and make your lives more miserable. So what Netgear did was they said, you know what? Why do we have to make it so you got to do all this configuration to, to, to manage the bandwidth over an uplink why don't we just do it for them and do the smart stacking? And so what they do is it controls the bandwidth that goes out to the other switches. So unless it's supposed to go there, it doesn't go there. Whereas on a normal system, it's game on. Everything just goes out these uplinks. And that's where Netgear really stands out. And that's where I really love their innovative thinking is it almost sounds like a Netgear plug for you guys. Jeez, uh, it's like a love fest here. So, but this is really what makes my my uh, where I'm, I have a lot of love for their product is that something as simple as that. It sounds simple, but there's a lot of complexity to automating something like that. But they did it. 
The industry didn't do it. They did it. And that's the difference where I did this one install and I just grabbed the switch out of the rack. I threw it into another area and boom, just like that, it worked. By the way, you can't see on screen, but I did actually snap my finger. So it was, uh, got to get in the field of view. Um, but the point is, it actually just set itself up. I didn't have to go in. I didn't have to go configure things. It just became a seamless part of the network. And that's when I was like, wow, this stuff is just so great to work with. So now that I'm done plugging the hell out of you guys, and you probably have nothing left to say, go for it, John. Wow, Laurent, I mean, he, he's the one who really came up with all this stuff. So the interesting story from my side is I'm an AV guy. So here I come and working for a networking company a year and a half ago, and I'm the perfect example because I don't know how to wire this stuff. I couldn't do a layer three PIM route for my life and still couldn't, but I don't need to. So all these AV people who are coming in now and what Laurent and the engineering team have done is to make this stuff work, like Paul said, out of the box. So for a lot of things, you plug it in, turn it on, it works. And I tested it myself for sure, which is awesome. But then we've gone farther than that. And I'll let Laurent talk to about some of the newer things we've gotten out there to make it even easier. So Laurent, you can take some of the auto features, auto configuration stuff. We've gone even farther recently. Yeah, thank you. Let me uh, just add some context uh, because it's uh, actually a good description that Paul uh, actually achieved, right? It, it just works. And uh, so behind that, what's, what's the technical reality? Uh, from day one with Ethernet, you had this IGMP, Internet Group management protocol, you know, for small local layer two multicast, uh, easy, like in your home, for instance. And then for the larger networks, in order to actually more efficiently manage uh, multicast, you got this uh, layer three PIM routing, sports mode, source specific mode, with what Paul calls difficult, those rendezvous points, you know, it's really difficult. So what we have actually done first is that we said, okay, why is that? So uh, three years ago, we started to re-engineer this so-called IGMP so that it can work as it works in your home with a single switch, even if you have 12 or even a hundred switches. So now instead of flooding the multicast like the uh, original IGMP is doing, the switches that just flood the reports that they need to know. And uh, we, we don't flood anything until Paul is subscribing to one of the video streams somewhere else. So IGMP plus was realized for that. And yes, we were actually passionate enough because, you know, it was not easy, but we managed to do it so that it works plug and play across the switches. And thanks, John, because we, I believe, delivered this IGMP Plus two years ago at Infocom in the US. We were in Orlando at that time. Remember when we were doing shows, Paul? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, since then, we actually came with two uh, new uh, features because IGMP Plus is uh, facilitating the multicast, but in order to automate this time directly the communication between switches, we actually came with uh, something called auto trunk and auto lag, which means that this time, really, Paul doesn't need to do anything anymore when he plugs a new switch to an existing network because the switches, they, they, they are friends, they know each other and they shake their hands and they establish the trunk so that all the uh, VLANs for uh, uh, Aurora Multimedia, video over IP, but also maybe Dante Audio, Control, SSCN, everything, all those VLANs will transit from one switch to the other. 
And if Paul needs more bandwidth, because Aurora Multimedia always need more bandwidth, he will just accumulate the links to get plenty of 10G, 40G or even 100 gig Ethernet like in the American dream and the switches form the link aggregation uh, themselves. So in a nutshell, we started with multicast because we said it needs serious fixing. So we, we called it IGMP plus since then auto trunk and auto lag, I believe show a little bit the huge commitment that we Netgear try really and, and strive to, to, to give to uh, Paul Harris, Aurora Multimedia and the AV over IP community in general in order to make it possible, accelerate this transition to AV over IP. You know, by the way, I just want to point something out here. I'm going to take a quick little pivot here that might be informative for people in the industry. So this is a perfect example, this conversation of why sometimes people say, you know, I want to go with industry standards. You know, I don't like proprietary. I don't like this. I don't like that and whatever. Well, I have a firm belief that you should always have a, a good base uh, standards. Okay. You can't always wait for the standard to get around to whatever it is that you do. And one of the problems is people say, oh, well, why do we, you know, there should be a universal standard, okay? Well, let's look at what typically happens with the standard. It takes a lot of involvement from people, a lot of ratification, it takes a while before it becomes public and then filters itself out to everybody. And if that's all we ever did, then we would never have any innovation is what would end up happening because everybody would be the same product because we're all following exactly what the standard says you're supposed to do. But what you notice here between our companies, which is very common is we follow standards also, but we also think outside the box to say, are we happy with what that standard does or does it need more? And until the standard can catch up to what we need to innovate to keep the industry creative and moving to solve problems, what are we going to do? In our case, we came up with 10 gig PoE, no one did it before, it had to be done. Transceivers, no one even did transceivers, why? It, it sounds simple, but you know what? It's like the hula hoop, until somebody just does it, it, it doesn't get done. Reversible USB, we started that. Dante over video, we started that too. No one ever thought of mixing uh, a, a audio standard with, the, with video standards and making them try to work together over one. Sounds, now everybody's doing it, but we were doing that almost five, six years ago. Uh, but somebody's got to start it. Well, where I'm going with this is if you look at what Netgear did is they're fully compatible network switch. They work with anybody's network switch, whether it's a Cisco, uh, a, a Luxol or uh, Extreme Networks or any other brand uh, out there. Sorry, I got to stay neutral to all the brands out there. But you get the point. They stay neutral. But here's where they really went with their innovation. They went and on their own, as you, as you just heard, they created their IGMP Plus and their auto trunk uh, and all the stuff that they've done. That is not part of network standards. So this will only work with Netgear switches. Now, if you take that Netgear switch, it doesn't mean you can't use it with somebody else's switch. I want to point out, you can use it with anybody's switch. But now you got to play by the standard rules that everybody follows. But once you use it in the Netgear ecosystem, they can do what they've now done that the industry is nowhere near close to standardizing or being caught up on. And now you can make your life really easy. And as he said, and I've witnessed it firsthand, I got thrown into the fire and I just threw my switch on there. And it just worked. Normally, I'd have to go into a computer, start setting this up to this, up to this. It, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. It, it could take a long time. And then you got to find out why it worked, why it didn't work. No, you plug it in, it works. They even have now 
where you could select Aurora from their lookup to even do pre-setups for certain Aurora products uh, without having to do it yourself. They've now divested themselves to being an AV networking company. So that's something I just wanted to point out that when people sometimes say, why do we sometimes not see this stuff happening through standards? No, a lot of us do play by the standards. It's when the standards can't keep up with the innovation that sometimes you have to become a leader to do something beyond what the industry is can do on its own. And then, yeah, years later, yeah, does everybody do Dante over video now? Yeah. Are people now doing 10 gig with PoE other than just us? Yes, they're starting to catch up. We even had another company starting to copy our transceiver stuff. As much as I'd like to stay original myself for a long time, it doesn't work out that way all the time. But you know what? Somebody has to show that it can be done and that you need to be a leader in this. And that's what Netgear has demonstrated here is that they too can be a leader in being innovative in the industry and making it easier until the rest of the industry. And that, that is the advantage of their equipment when you buy their equipment. Paul has uh, has touched on on 10 gig a little bit, but Laurent, let me ask you. So regarding you know the different AV over IP systems with one gig versus 10 gig, uh, how do you determine which system to use, like which is best for, for your use case? Oh, uh, so I will talk under the control of Paul Harris because IP-based T at Aurora Multimedia englobes the, the, the entire scope from 1G to 10G AV over IP anyway, okay? So we, as, as a network manufacturer, we, we don't advise 1G versus 10G, you know? It, it's really much a Navy decision because the 1G means a lot of compression. You know, it's it's a fact. Uh, 4K 60 4x4x4, it's, you know, beyond 10 gigabit Ethernet of bits. So if you want to compress it down under the 1G limit, you know, compression means, you know, some time to make this happen. Also some some impact on the quality maybe and you know not all applications are the same uh, as you know if you watch netflix you know a movie can seem good with what 20 meg 30 meg of bandwidth so again you know this is not a, a matter of networking equipment this is a navy application and usually uh, aurora multimedia knows it based on on this or that application they will advise 1g or 10g but take it uh, take it uh, the simple way if the goal really is to get native quality so untouched pixel perfect native quality and virtually i mean absolutely zero frame latency think of a, a doctor in an operating theater, right? When they cut something inside you, you might not want to have too much delay on the big screen the, the doctor is looking at, right? I mean, this is, so when the quality must be perfect, the latency must be absent, 10 gig AV over IP is probably the, the, the most adequate solution. When for some other reasons, latency is okay, uh, query is not that important, I don't know, or maybe some other reasons in the AV application, one gig is a good solution. And we provide good switchers for both. So we don't make any difference. All the innovations, I mean, I don't like to call it innovation. Let's say all the technology we have worked on in order to streamline and facilitate Aurora multimedia installations from day one for many years, we have accomplished that with the 1G 
EV over IP switches and the 10G EV over IP switches, and they belong to the same product families. So personally, I don't have an advice. To, to your question about one versus 10, we've had this question for years, of course, right? And I know that's the great thing about Aurora, and Paul's thought about this. It's like, let's not focus on the one or 10G, let's focus on the application. And they provide fantastic products to cover both. So it really doesn't matter. You can trust Aurora for whatever the need is. It isn't about one or 10, it doesn't really matter. And our switches, of course, will be part of that solution too. But Paul sees ahead and says, you know, I'll offer both solutions because that's what people are going to want. Sometimes you need the high quality and the low latency of 10G. And sometimes you don't need that for a conference room or something. Who cares? Or a video wall in a lobby. But Aurora is, you know, offers both, which is great. That makes them a great partner for us. Yeah, no, thanks. It, it's, you know, I, I, once again, this goes back to uh, different applications, different expectations. The, uh, it, it's, as Laurent pointed out, it, it, if you're trying to do certain things, 10, 100 is more than adequate. You're going to record video. You're not going to do that with 10 gig or one gig. You're going to do that with uh, H.264, H.265, low bandwidth stuff. You're going to do a podcast like this. You're going to do an H.264. Uh, it, it's going to be something that has a high compression that it's acceptable to what you can actually do. Uh, you're doing local conference rooms. You're doing 4K30, 444, or 4K6420 and below. You get an eight to one compression like our VLX systems, one gig. Uh, it does a job really well. You put it next to the original content, really tough to tell the difference. It has about a frame and a half latency, but that's typical of a one gig solution. You're gonna get some latency in there. Uh, you want good, perfect image quality. You want no latency. You do the SDVUE 10 gig that gets you perfect image quality. It's a lossless compression and it's actually no compression at the 4K 3444 or what people know as HDMI 1.4 uh, and below. It's got no compression and no frame latency. I know sometimes people say, oh, no frame latency. Everything's got a latency. Yeah, 22 microseconds. So to put that into context here, you're talking 16.6 milliseconds to draw a frame when you're talking one frame of latency versus 22 microseconds. You're talking horizontal lines versus an entire frame of latency. In other words, there really is no latency. And even when we do the compression, it's a lossless compression, not visually lossless, lossless, meaning you're not necessarily throwing a ton of stuff out to get what you think the human eye perceives as being good. Nothing that creates motion artifacts, but what you put out there is what you get back. And that's important to note when you get into the 10 gig is that as long as you're a four to one or lower, you're doing a lossless compression. So different, this is where it, it the, the application is going to really dictate what bandwidth you're going to use. And yeah, you're going to see people down the road using 25 gig, 40 gig, 100 gig. It's an inevitability that as, uh, you know, uh, Netgear released a bunch of switches that are aggregators where they're 40 and 100 gig at what they call aggregators, where they, they, they're large bandwidth switches to join the smaller switches into it to branch them out like a spider uh, out to all the other locations. Uh, that's their 4500 series. So I'll plug you for the 4500 series. Um, but once again, another, another good series in their product and it's loaded up with things. And by the way, one thing I want to point out with their products that I like for the smaller conference rooms. So, uh, cause, uh, like I like pointing out innovations. They have a half rack space wide 16 port POE 10 gig switch that the thing you go online, it sells for about a little over $2,000. Uh, that's street price. That's, 
insane. That's 10 gig now close to the price point of one gig, which sometimes I scratch my head. I mean, don't get me wrong. One gig is always less money in general, but 10 gig has come down so much in price. Um, not just because of the products like ours, where we've even dropped our prices, but the network switch like Netgear has, has come down a lot on their prices and have forced other companies to follow suit to them. Where, as I said, you can get a 10 gig PoE plus uh, switch half a rack space wide. I'm actually bringing it to a show I'm going to this week. So yes, guys, I'm going to a show this week. It's the Cavlo show. So I'll give a plug out to the Cavlo show uh, going to Las Vegas. So um, as you can see, I'm, I'm happy. I'm finally getting out of the office and uh, getting to uh, get back out there and talk to people again, which I like to do. But yeah, they, they have a 16 port switch that does that. They have one that's all fiber and they have one that's half fiber, half copper as well. Uh, and, and these are all half rack mount. So it's space savings in small rooms. You can actually do a small conference room at a very low cost with our equipment with a nice small switch. So that's really good. So this isn't just about going big. This is even about going small. Now, guys, you still owe me an eight port switch at some point. So, uh, <laughs> oh yes, but you know, uh, I, we started the PUE and 10 gigabit internet with the 2U96X switch, remember? So that's why we delivered this M4316X, which is only 16 port half width uh, rack size and um, uh, we love it. So thanks for mentioning that one. Yeah, I still love actually the 4396. Uh, I think if I remember the part number correctly, that was one of the first switches I got to work with you guys. And that was a great switch. It's a card for those of you who don't know too much about it, it. It does eight ports per card slot. Uh, so, you know, even though you buy the card cage, you don't have to fully populate it. But yeah, this thing does 96 ports on the thing in a 2RU. So it's not a lot of space, talking three and a half inches high, and this thing's got 96 ports on it. You could do copper, copper fiber, so you can intermix it, use uplinks on it. H half the ports could be just nothing but uplinks going to all other things. We've had a lot of fun with those products over the years, uh, just making all sorts of configurations uh, for these different systems. Uh, then once the 4500 series came into play and we started mixing that in with, with, the, with the 96 port switches, then we've done some really nice jobs where we've had 500 units here, 400 units there, 700 units there, uh, 600 units there. You know, you think we do a lot of small jobs. No, we actually do a lot of jobs which are hundreds of units at a time, but we, we do have smaller units uh, which do require it. And recently with these smaller switches, we've been doing more and more of these smaller subsystem jobs now with the 10 gigs. So it's not just for large systems anymore. Small jobs are doing it too now. As we start to wrap up our discussion, I want to uh, loop loop back to all three of you to ask, is there anything else that you think is essential for our listeners to understand uh, the, the thing that you want our listeners to take away from the discussion? John, let me start with you. I think what they need to understand is if you're AV people trying to get into AV over IP, we're here with you. We're going to help you through this. You can trust us. Trust Aurora because they've been doing it for years. Trust us. We've been working with them for years as well. And we're going to help you through this transition, whether you're afraid of just trying to figure a network switch out or you're not sure of how all these things work together. Both of us can help you with that. We have a, a team of design engineers who know AV and know networking and can help design your system. Paul does this himself. He does this on his own now because he knows how these things work really well. But if you need help, both of us are here to help you guys. Laurent, let me go to you. 
Thank you, Shelby. And uh, yes, I mean, let me uh, uh, just say that Paul and, and I, we, we talked about applications and hardware and software today. But something we know together is that in the AV, it's not only about hardware and software. You know, the service and the support is really important. So at least we can say today that when any end customer or AV system integrator is coming to both Aurora Multimedia and Netgear, we have teams on, on site, you know, over the globe 24-7, able to help on design, configuration and troubleshooting. Because, you know, things happen. On site, you have some undefined EV equipment sometimes, third-party uh, things that are not so compliant with the IGMP things or other uh, DSCP operations. So we know that there is a lot uh, going on for any type of installation and support is really important. AV customers don't buy hardware, software, they buy support. So we at Netgear commit for that. We have a pro AV engineering services team that is readily available, pronto for any ongoing support. And this really comes I believe, uh, to our commitment with this Pro-AV, AV over IP and Aurora Multimedia Initiative. And Paul? Yeah, so uh, actually, I just want to end this one on, on a shameless plug for our uh, IPX, uh, our latest innovation, by the way. So while Netgear has done a great job at delivering uh, PoE, PoE Plus and PoE++, by the way, on some of their switches, uh, that's another cool thing, which I'm going to take advantage of, of a new product that we're going to show later this year, hopefully. Uh, so we're going to put your PoE++ to a use. Um, but uh, we just came out with the opposite. We came out with a new product uh, that uh, we're showing this week at uh, the uh, Cavalo show in Vegas, which is our next generation SDVUE drawing as little as six watts of power for a 10 gig. So uh, compared to a lot of the, uh, the 4K6444 one gig products out there that I'm sure you guys know who they are and uh, they draw as much as 35 watts of power and huge boxes that are like enormous. Uh, we came out with one that's small, fits behind your display, no fan and only six watts of power. And that's another thing I wanna point out as we end this thing is power is important too. Not just for when you need a lot of power, which we're able to do, but for when you don't want a lot of power where you have hundreds of these units. I mean, if you do the math, if you've got 500 of these units out there and with our latest innovation, this IPX-TC3A, which is drawing as little as six watts, you're talking what, 3000 watts of power uh, that you're drawing versus you know, something that's 35 watts times that by 500. And, you know, what do you add about almost 18,000 watts? I don't have my calculator handy, but it's, it's up there as far as the, uh, the power draw goes. So it's, uh, think about how much that costs a facility in running these things, not just from the power, you know, cause that's kilowatt hours that, that you get charged from the power company, but the heat that it generates in the facility. So uh, we're in a rack room where you've got to keep these things cool and you've got all these things inside a rack that are generating an enormous amount of power and are huge and have fans that suck in dust and have to be maintenance. So just wanted to point that out there, our latest 10 gig product uses less power than a premium one gig product with better quality of image, no compression or lossless compression, special effects like windowing that you just can't get out of a one gig system. 
um, and then all the other goodies it comes with, with the video wall, which by the way, people don't take this into consideration when we talk applications is when you, when you do video walls, you're magnifying an image. The more artifacts, the more noise and garbage you're magnifying to make it easier for people to see. So when you're doing video walls, you do want high quality because you want to magnify as little or no artifacts as possible. So this new product does it. Just wanted to point that out there and end, end it off with uh, a nice little plug on a new product called the IPX TC3A, which by the way, you can get from our website, auroramm.com. Uh, you can see the latest information on that. Fantastic. Well, that does it for this episode of Cutting Through an Aurora Multimedia Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your insights today. Thank you. Shelby. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirthawk. <laughs>